How you doing? Good, man. All on cruise, man. The high flying. All on cruise. It's been a while, man. I think seven months almost. Uh, yeah. Let's go back to the summer contender series. Highlight real knockout. One of the greatest knockouts probably in the history of the show. Describe that feeling all again. Yeah, man. It was crazy. Um, it, it It's still kind of surreal, you know, because when you're in there, it doesn't really feel like real life you know it feels like a dream and uh you know to finish my fight in that way in front of dana and sean and mick uh you know it wasn't nerve-wracking or anything but when i finished it and then i looked at dana and i was like you know did a little signature thing and he did it back it seemed like it was like this is what was supposed to happen you know so it was kind of like i'm finally able to show everybody and showcase you know my skills you know to the broader audience other than just the people that have seen me find the lower shows so it was just it's just surreal it was a dog fight man a dog yeah. fight in third round you just came through flying across the cage and uh, <laughs> yeah man it was uh it wasn't an easy one man and it, and you proved oh. a lot and even uh steven when he proved a lot in that fight um yeah and I'm pretty sure he'll be in the UFC eventually, man. It's just a matter of time. 100%. 100%. And, and well, you were pretty banged up afterwards. You know, did it take you a little bit of time to recover from that? Or was it just like, um, you know, just visual no, stuff? It was just like visual stuff, like superficial stuff. Like he hit me. He literally maybe hit me um, on this eye. He was he was landing that left hook all night. Mm -hmm. But he maybe hit me good like five times out of the fight. And that's what made my eye swell up. And then I had a small cut over my eyebrow and that was really about it i mean i was out for a while um because i actually did um partially tear a ligament in my thumb and i strained two other ones so i was doing physical therapy for like eight months or no like eight weeks straight just just trying to get strength back i couldn't even turn a doorknob i couldn't turn a key i couldn't open a bottle of water so that's really what was like deterring me from making like my debut sooner like i wanted to fight you know, either in November or December. And my physical therapist was like, there's no way. There's like, there's no way. They said maybe the end of January. And so when I did like get the clearance to go, to go ahead and start like get back to 100% training, I was shooting for January and all January was booked up. And we didn't even know if we were going to get February. We thought it was going to be March possibly. And then uh, my agent hit me up and he was like, February 29th, Norfolk, Virginia. You know, originally it was Steven Peterson and now it's Spike Carlisle. Before we get into that, I wanted to talk about the eight weeks. One hand, you can't use oh, it. You're going through yeah. physical therapy. You're trying to recover from that. Did you work on other things during that time? Yeah. So, you know, it was weird because I couldn't really, I had to be really careful. So I, luckily they gave me a cast, an orthotic to wear, because even just not having this hand, when you're throwing punches or you're throwing kicks and whatnot, you tend to want to make a fist or like you know like really strain when you're doing something so it was really hard to like figure that out i guess and and i, I wasn't able to roll obviously or do wrestling really if it was striking i could use my legs and i could use my jab or my hook you know so this arm was just completely done um but even then sometimes just even just throwing my, my hook or throwing my jab it would hurt just because it's hard to like shut this part of your body down 
You know what I'm saying? So you always want to clinch, you know, for some reason. So it was just a long road. And then we would get to points to where it would feel really good, you know, a few days. And then I bang it on something yeah. and just intense pain. And then I'm then I'm I'm back down, you know, mm. two more days, you know, from where I was at, you know. So it was just it was a struggle. <laughs> it was really a struggle. But, uh, you know, it's there for the most part. Uh, the only thing is, like. Like, I don't have full flexibility as I do in, like, my other hand, but, you know, it's enough to, you know, get me through. And it's it's pretty much, I would say, like, 95% healed. It's good that you're not in, like, a thumb wrestling contest, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would lose in the first round. First, like, five seconds. Yeah. You throw fists, not thumbs, so it's all good. Uh, not too long after that fight, you turned 30. You know, do yep. you feel any different? Being a 30-year-old man, you feel like a man? Like, you know, a lot of people say life starts at 30. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I don't really feel any different. Um, I guess the only time I feel a little older is when, like, people ask my age now. And I, I want to say 29, but I'm like, I'm 30. <laughs> you know, it just feels, it just seems older when, I, when people ask me my age. But I don't feel any older. You know, seven months, you, you get back into training after you recover from the, the thumb injury. What do you work on? What are you focusing on? Um, really, it's just getting back in shape, like getting back into like fight shape, you know, because, you know, I got I got a little bigger, you know, just because I wasn't able to train like I normally am. So it was getting my weight back down, getting my my cardio really didn't fall off too much. I have pretty good cardio just in, in general. So, I mean, I definitely get tired of doing certain things like hitting mids and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it was really just getting my weight back down, getting my weight back down and getting my, my getting back into fight training shape, you know, especially because if I was going to take a fight, um, you know, in January, February, I needed to be ready, you know, or like all of December, I was really just focusing on training really hard, just getting to, so I don't have to like jump into a camp completely out of shape and then like, you know, work extremely hard and then peak at a certain time to fight. Like, cause I'm used to training year round. So I'm always in shape. And that's where I had to get back to was being in my year round shape. And then, uh, you know, just, just ba not babying my thumb, but I still had to be careful because yeah. sometimes, you know, even, even, um, today I was wrestling at the beach and I don't know what I was doing. We were wrestling and I hit my thumb and it was kind of like real tender after that. Um, it's fine now, but every now and then I hit it the wrong way and it hurts, you know, so I, just, I still have to be conscious of what I'm doing, you know, while I'm training. The sport where it's at right now, I feel like athletes or fighters, they cannot get into camp out of shape. They have to be in shape and then get into camp. If you go into camp out of shape, I feel like you can't compete at this level. Do you feel like that? No, I, I believe the same thing. Um, I used as an amateur, I used to do that. We used to train for eight weeks hard, and then we would just do nothing. We would just bullshit and, you know, get fat. And then when we knew uh, that we had a fight coming up and he would be, you know, our coach would be like, all right, we got to fight this date. Then you would come in, you know, two weeks or so before camp started to get back into fight shape or fight camp shape. And then, you know, the eight weeks would happen again, then you take time off. But now, you know, especially like, coming up in the pros and like it was really hard finding fights so we always had to be ready for like last you know short notice fights so you always have to be ready there's no time to take off so i think just 
being used to, I guess, I guess most pros have to know this, right? They have to know and be ready at all times if they want to, you know, get to the next level because the UFC could call, that was always the thing is like the UFC could call any minute. And if they need me on two weeks or three weeks notice, I need to be there or be ready to go. So I'm never, I mean, I'm training year round. I don't ever take time off. I think that's, I think that's a huge thing. I think it prevents injury as well. I think it helps prevent injuries. I saw you went to Vegas not too long ago to the PI. You spent some time there. Did you get some tests done? Because I noticed a lot of fighters going out there to get a lot of tests done. Did you find out anything that you need to know about your body or yourself? Dude, it's like, I guess I've never been to the Olympic Training Center. I imagine that's what it's like. They have everything there at the PI. Um, I was staying at a hotel. Actually, the hotel that I stayed in for the Contender Series. Um, the UFC paid for my stay there. So I got to stay there for free. I was there all week, cross-training at Extreme Clips Horde, um, 10th Planet Vegas, uh, Syndicate MMA. And then in the meantime, I would be at the PI all day doing uh, phys- uh, doing all my um, – like I did the DEXA scan. Mm-hmm. I did my VO2 max, all the diagnostic stuff. Um, I did find out how much lean mass I have, how much body fat I have, um, what my my body like primarily burns carbs, whether it's carbs or fats. And it was just like I, I felt like Ivan Drago from the Rocky movies, you know, when they got him like with the mask. Like I had to wear a mask and stuff while I was running, so I had the mask on, you know, and I'm doing all these lifting, and they've got like the uh, the numbers in the computer that tell me how strong, you know, I'm pulling up and doing all this stuff, and uh, it was cool. <laughs> I've never done anything like that, and. Uh, so it was a big eye-opening experience. And I definitely want to make it out to Vegas before every camp. Like, I think it's awesome to go out there and get a week or two out there, you know, reevaluate my whole body composition, <clears throat> and then get some work out there and then come back home. Did you make any adjustments to your diet? Because I'm pretty sure they go deep into, like, what your body can can burn or what your body can do on certain types <laughs> of food. Yeah, so I've been on the trifecta um, plan, you know, mm-hmm. the, with the UFC. And the only difference that we made for this camp or after um, coming back was, well, I got some tips with weight cutting, but also knowing that that I needed more carbs going into each workout um, and that maybe I was getting a little dehydrated, you know, during certain things, doubling up on some electrolytes that I take from Thorne Research because I also get my supplements from Thorne and they give them to you for free if you're a fighter. yeah, I mean, that's really the only difference. I mean, just knowing what my body um, burns and knowing where I'm at. So, like, my lean body mass was, I think, 140 pounds, right? I fight at 145. So when I get down to a really low um, body fat percentage, I'm still, I still have room to work. Even at 45, I, I could go a little lower if I really had to. You know, if you have your lean body mass at 140, 50 but you fight at 145 even at zero percent body fat you still have five more pounds that you need to cut then you're cutting from your organs and all that stuff so you know they, they educated me on a lot of stuff and uh i definitely took it to heart and i've been using whatever i've learned out there you know back here at home yeah definitely man it's it's a huge advantage for everybody that's in the ufc and uh i think it's a mental advantage too like knowing those things 
Yeah, 100%. Um, so two of the tests, I actually broke, or I should I say, it's I, I set a new record for my weight class. So one of them was um, a jumping, like, like just have my hands on my hips and jumping as high as I can. I have the highest jump height in my weight class. And then also a landmine uh, throw. It's like you're holding this big barbell and you're throwing the barbell as hard as you can. And it's like tied to this little zipper thing that measures the power. And I found out that my I have the highest record for you know the power there. Um, I have really flexible shoulders. <laughs> you know, nothing nothing too like, you know, amazing. They're not like, oh man, you hit like, you know, harder than a freight train. It just looks like that. Or it, it looks like, you know, you don't hit hard, but you re you really do. It wasn't anything like that. But just, you know, cool little things. You know, I can be like, Yeah, I jump higher than everybody else in my weight class. <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's a that's an advantage. You know, you showed it in that flying knee, so you know how it is. Right. Well, there it is. That's that's probably yeah. where I get it from then. All right. Well, Steven Peterson, man, he pulls out due to the injury. I actually spoke with Steven, and uh, he explained it, his elbow, you know, locking up. He can't train with it. You know what I mean? He pulled out. Um, he has to get surgery. I think he's getting surgery today or tomorrow or something oh, wow. like that, very soon. Uh, so oh, hopefully he gets, he he gets uh, recovered quick. Um, when you heard the news, Mm -hmm. Did you hear it via social media or did you hear it from your manager or somebody in the, from the US? Yeah, I heard it from my agent. Okay. Um, I was actually getting my hair braided by my girlfriend um, <laughs> because down here in, or over here in Tampa and Florida, we have this big parade called Gasparilla. And it's like mm -hmm. one of the biggest parades in the country. And uh, I'm getting my hair braided and I get a message from him. And it's a picture of the email from Sean Shelby saying Peterson is out due to injury. And I remember, I, I think I said some, some curse words, like pretty like angrily. I was pretty pissed, you know, and I, I think I texted my agent back and I was like this mother effer. And uh, he was like, he was just like, he was like, relaxed. He was like, these things happen. And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, I know it happens. It just, it really sucks because for the past six weeks I've been preparing for him and then I didn't have an opponent, and they had to find me a replacement. So, you know, at that moment, I didn't even know if I was going to be fighting on the card or not, or if they're going to push me further back. Um, you know, luckily, they found me, you know, my next opponent pretty quickly. So, after that, I was like, all right, we're good to go. But if Spike pulls out, then I'd be really pissed. <laughs> yeah, because you've been waiting for seven months to get back in Exactly. The exactly. Um, but, like you, you said, know, you've been preparing for Peterson. You get a new mm -hmm. opponent, Spike Carlisle. Mm -hmm. Now, is it is it? Do you make changes, or is it like you just continue with what you're doing, and then you make adjustments in the cage? Yeah, I mean, I've only you know, so Spike's style and Steven Peterson's style are almost kind of similar, right? Mm -hmm. So they both are down to brawl, but they also both have good ground games. Um, the only difference is, is Spike is 5'7 or 5'8. Um, Steven was 5'10. And I think Spike's a little more, um, I think he's a little more physical. He's a little more athletic, right? He's, he's, he's pretty jacked and he's shredded. And, you know, he's, he's a black, he's a black belt in judo, brown belt in jujitsu. He's, he's a grappler. Um, Steven Pearson's also a grappler, but he's not as physically imposing. I think, and that's, so I think Spike is a little more dangerous as well. Because he has knockout power, you know his last two fights are via knockout, and um, you know, and he's hungry, 
like I am to get into the UFC. You know, whereas Peterson, he's been in the UFC for five fights now. You know, he might not. I mean, I'm sure he's still hungry. I'm not saying he's not, but he might not have that like. You know, me and Spike are both making our UFC debut, so we're really hungry. Like, we want to just get our, you know, foot in the door and get our first, like, big win out of the way. Yeah, it it makes a whole different dynamic because with Peterson, he was coming off that crazy spinning back fist knockout, and you're coming off the flying knee knockout, so there was a lot of hype for that fight, you know, that matchup. <laughs> right, right. A lot of people were talking about, like, this is going to be crazy. But now, you know, with Peterson out and you got, there's a different dynamic. It's like you guys are both coming in, making your debuts. So you're going to see some fireworks in this fight. You know what I mean? Because like you said, it's uh, he, he's a, he's a, he's a, a athletic, powerful guy. And, uh, you know, and you're a high flying guy. So it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, what's funny is Spike Carlisle, not his last fight, but his second to last fight, he won by spinning back for his knockout. So it's just funny that him and Steven have the same knockout on their record, you know, so I, I guess maybe it was destined. It was uh, it was meant to be. Now, seven months, it's boiling inside you, man, in your stomach, in your in your body to get in the cage. What can we expect out of your debut? Um, I, well, I've never been in uh, a, a boring fight. Every fight that I'm in is exciting. And I think it's because my style I'm always trying to finish the fight from the beginning from the beginning of the fight to the end of the fight. I'm always trying to finish it. I'm not trying to go to the judges. I've never thought that in my mind that I need to like, you know, make it to the judges or, or like I just need to get through this round. Like I'm always trying to finish the fight. Even if I'm ahead by two rounds, two and a half rounds, if I'm on top of you, I'm trying to finish you. So and then this is my style. So I think my style just lends for an exciting fight. So I can't imagine the fight between me and Spike is, is not, isn't going to be exciting. He he goes out there. He likes to brawl sometimes. And he gets crazy. Um, I'm expecting him to maybe try to take me down. Um, I've seen with like longer guys or taller guys. He likes to. He's pretty good at cutting the distance. He throws big shots. Get on the inside. Grab you. Take you to the ground. Mount you. You know. Take your back and then choke you out. That's kind of his thing. But I'm also you know, aware that he does have knockout power. So I'm not going to be in his range to get hit, you know, by some looping shot that came out of nowhere and to put me down. So just, uh, you know, I would expect, I'm expecting fireworks pretty early on in the fight. I know USADA has visited you many times already. You know, you haven't even made your debut four times. You haven't made your debut yet. Today was the fourth. Today was the fourth. Oh, today. Okay. Um, And... Holly Holmes, they just did some press conference. It was weird. I got to say it was weird because they did a press conference for her being the first fighter to be tested 50 times and she's clean 50 times and they gave her some jacket. Is that is that appealing to you? Like, do you understand? Is that kind of weird, do you think? Uh, well, you know, what's funny is I was just telling um, Nicholas, he's the one, he's my USADA guy who comes in, like specifically for my area. And I was just telling him, I was like, man, I was like, I'm shooting for that 25, uh, that 25, you know, clean test. Like, I was like, I need to get it. I need a, a shirt or a, a pin or something like that. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess I can understand. I mean, in a sport where there are a lot of people who are trying to win, you know, and, and trying to do whatever they can to win, even if it is illegal or if it's risky, you know, and if you can just prove that you are natural and you've been natural the entire time 
it just solidifies your legacy, right? Because like when Anderson, you know, popped for I can't remember what he popped for, whatever he popped for that, that kind of like I don't want to say it, it tarnished his legacy, but it kind of like puts like a question mark, like oh, was he like cheating the whole time? You know, when he was killing everybody, or was it just like a just like a one off? You know, so in in, in my mind, it just kind of like you know puts an asterisk next to your record or your name or whatever the case may be. So you know, I train clean. You know, everything I take, like I said, all my supplements are from Thorn. So, I mean, if I ever pop for some, from something, it's going to be from Thorn. And, you know, the <laughs> UFC supplies, you know, fr- from Thorn. So, that's going to be on them. They're going to be paying They're gonna be paying me or the UFC, the USADA is just going to have to let me fight. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, uh, that's that would be a complete shit show if that actually ever happens to any fighter in the UFC. Right. Where the supplement comes back and it's one of their supplements. It's just mm-hmm. gonna, you know. Hopefully, it never happens. But yeah, hopefully, now, it never happens. Right? Yeah. Now, the the featherweight division stacked. Man, you're joining it. You're joining a stacked division. Volkanovski's the champion. Um, who do you think he should fight next? Do you think it, the Max Holloway rematch is more appealing, or do you, would you like to see the Korean Zombie fight Volkanovski? I I think. I mean, I feel like you have to give Max a rematch. Um, only because he was such a dominant champion for so long. Um, like with like with Jose Aldo and Conor McGregor, I always thought Jose Aldo should have got the immediate rematch. I thought that was kind of bonkers that he was the champ for ten years, or he hadn't lost a fight, you know, with a belt in like ten years, and then they don't give him the rematch. I kind of feel the same way with Max. Like he was such a dominant champion, you have to give him a rematch. And it wasn't like he went out there and just got like he didn't get starched. He didn't. Uh, get completely outclassed he just he got outpointed like he he lost um you know bj uh bj penn got his rematch with uh frankie edgar you know i would i would say rematch i mean i love korean zombie too and korean zombie is only on a one fight win streak so to me it doesn't really it doesn't make sense to me um i think korean zombie puts one more fight together and then the belt. I mean, but I don't even know who's who's above who's above him. He just beat Frankie Edgar. Maybe, maybe, maybe Korean Zombie and Max Holloway fight, and then the winner fights Volkanovski. But then Volkanovski has to wait. So, I don't know. <laughs> I'd probably say the rematch if I had to really choose. All right. Well, you start your journey, man. February 29th, UFC on ESPN Plus 27, Norfolk, Virginia, USA. Alan, thank you so much for the time, man. Uh, appreciate everything, and good luck on the fight and, and everything else that's going on in your life. Thank you. Hey, thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on. And good luck with everything you got going on, too. I know you're killing it. <laughs>